0: It doesn't matter what you buy, just get on the property ladder. It's one of the worst pieces of property advice you can get. In this episode, we're going to explain why. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer
1: Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to move it along and become homeowners. But most importantly, it is for home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan
0: and that was Veronica. We're both buyer's agents and probably old enough to be your mum. And that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 45 years' experience to share with you and bucket loads of stories and avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information you can
1: rely on. We've got loads of free tips for you in this episode, and if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll get access to our free webinar how to buy your first home with the right amount of debt. You'll also find the Holy Grail of Home Buying Education, Your First Home Buyer Guide, the online course of people who want to be educated home buyers. We have created this for you to help you get on the right path to home ownership for your first home and beyond.
0: But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field who takes the time to understand your personal situation. We've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording. Things change rapidly, so always check with the relevant government authority or your trusted advisors to get the most up-to-date information.
1: Today, we're talking about why getting onto the property ladder at all costs is a bad idea. Uh, But before we get into that, we have a special house behind Megan this week on the video and it it really is a special house. It's the unicorn. Well, yes, for a very special (laughs) reason, for very special people. It is. This is what you are all here
0: for, to find out how to buy your first home. Now, this is what Nick and Grace have done after years of saving and overanalyzing, this is their unicorn. I'm so proud. And this is what they fit. We emailed you some months ago with a huge email that you responded to by saying, we were classic overanalyzers and should be
1: doing your course. Veronica, that was you who responded to them in that way. I think I just went, you should do the The course. course. Full stop, full stop, full stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they went, well, we should. We thought the same thing. We listened to that advice and today we can finally say we did it. Today we finally bought our unicorn house eight weeks after they started the course. Amazing. Now what they said was, what your course did was straighten us up a bit. It was what we needed as we continued to battle disappointment after disappointment. We walked away from doing the course feeling like we had done everything right and we knew what we needed to do moving forward. Yes. Want. It was especially helpful in those last steps of the negotiation. Hang in there. Don't be scared of the negotiations. That's what Nick and Grace are telling you. Anyway, instead of writing another huge email telling many stories about the last many months of intensive research, fact-finding and inspections, we just wanted to say thank you for what you do.
1: Oh, my God, that makes my heart so warm. This is the unicorn. (laughs) It's, and there it is. In the video behind Megan is their very first home, which after years and years and years of agonizing and saving, they, after eight weeks, got their head in the game, went through the process, moved forward with confidence. Missed out a few times. They missed out a few times. It wasn't straightforward. Let me tell you, this course costs $990, and we get quite a few people emailing saying, oh, it's a lot of money given that we're trying to save to buy a home. You can save way more than $990 if you know how to negotiate properly. Yep. Like, honestly, it's just a drop in the bucket. That's going to go past you in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. right. Let's get into this one. Yes. Nick and Grace were avid listeners in the podcast, and thank you so much for listening. You're probably not listening anymore because they're bored. (laughs) They're going to be on the show.
0: Yay! We're going to get get them them on the the show. show.
1: Mm. It's been a while since we've had a first-time buyer that's been game enough to get on the show, but that's probably because we've only recently restarted the campfire where we're talking to our, our students every week. And so when they know us more personally than just through the edge of the end of the podcast, um, then they're much more, they're braver. So we're not as scary. So we're really looking forward to bringing them, their story to you in the next uh, couple of months. Right. Now, so these guys stopped overanalyzing and started taking the right steps, but it was very hard to get their first step on the ladder. And, you know, there is a lot of, um, well, these guys overanalyzed as opposed to people that are thinking oh just throw caution to the wind and just get on the property ladder because prices are starting to rise again and we totally get it you know when prices are rising faster than you can save plus with every interest rate rise the borrowing capacity has been falling and it feels like your dream of owning a home is slipping away
0: yeah and people say just buy anything yeah just get on the ladder and hurry (laughs) <laughs> seems to make sense, right? It does, doesn't it? Prices are and get in, buy anything.
1: It totally makes sense. In fact, yesterday I literally went to a podiatrist and he said, what do you do? And I went, I'm a property expert. Well, actually I didn't say that. I never say that really, but... <laughs> Just didn't <laughs> you say that to said, anybody. <laughs> no, I'm a real estate agent who puts together programs to help people make better decisions. That's really what I usually say. And he said, oh, well, prices are rising, you just got to get on the ladder, don't you? You just got to buy anything. And I went, oh, the it's podiatrist so interesting. Is that advice. The podiatrist said that to me and I went, it's so interesting that you should say that because we've been putting together the script for this, this podcast on exactly that. And here's why that's a bad idea. And I said it to him and he went, oh my God, I never thought of it like that. That's so true.
0: It's a classic case of you don't know what you don't know. There's an expert in his field. In his field, he is an expert of feet and
1: functionality. and I'm taking his foot advice.
0: Yes, Yes. (laughs) but But should he be
1: giving property advice? No. no. All right. So why is buying just anything to get on the ladder bad advice? Well, for starters, Veronica, as you've just
0: pointed out, it's usually given by people who don't know everything that they don't know so you and I go into a lot of situations going oh I know there's an issue here or I'm a bit concerned about that I don't know the answer to that but I know the people that I need to go to who are experts in their field who can help me nut through and find the right answer we know what we don't know when we encounter situations in property you know when I look at my feet and they're sore I don't know what's wrong with me I go to the person who can help me uncover what the problem is I just know that I've got a problem with my feet but you know, well-meaning people like your know, dad or your auntie or you know um, anyone in your your friendship circle, people at the barbecue, they really, really want to see you succeed. In a lot of cases, there are some people that don't, and you know, just <laughs> keep that you know, that little radar alert.
1: Beware!
0: <laughs> Be- beware the well-meaning but undermining. Um, but people who really do, <laughs> yeah, are well-meaning. What they don't know is what they don't know and that's where the danger in the advice sits because just getting on the ladder isn't the pathway to
1: success in a lot now of we're cases. We're explain why coming up but also the fact is that what often what seems logical is especially dangerous. And that's because this does seem really logical. And another type of person that will often give this advice is an inexperienced property advisor. So if we go back to my podiatrist example, right? I've had this problem with my heel for a long time. Right. And I have gone to another foot specialist who is not a heel specialist. That foot specialist had me doing all these stretches, which has actually made the problem worse. It's aggravated it. Yesterday I went to a heel specialist. Now it's actually um can't think what it's called now. But anyway, he, he then explained to me why the stretches I were doing was aggravating the problem. Like, so he's an absolute specialist in where the pain is. Right, And it's a bit like with property advisors. There's lots of advisors out there, the generalists, they might know a bit about property data, they might know a little bit about all markets, or it might be a sales agent, not a buyer's agent, or it might be you know, a mortgage broker, not a financial planner or whatever. There's lots of people with some level of um, property expertise, but if they don't have the right type of expertise, they can be giving the wrong advice, right? And also friends who think they've done really well because they bought one property.
0: And that's that's great but they're also looking for social proof that what they did was the right thing.
1: And yes, and that's a really dangerous
0: place to step into because you don't need to do the same thing as someone else. You need to do the right thing for you. And by all means, I think it's really interesting to take in lots of different opinions and lots of different thoughts and 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 lots of different ideas, but they have to work for you and that's very much what we, you know, talk constantly about is it has to be right for you and the right steps in the right order. But people who have think they've done well, actually won't know if they've done well or not for another 10 years. It's not until they actually divest the property that they might have done well, but compared to what? What's the the benchmark that they've Mm. done well against?
1: Yeah. A lot of people think that just buying a property is their success. But it isn't. It's, you know, the true success comes down the track when you need to upgrade. How well have you really done? So the other thing too is that there's people that give this advice who they want you to throw caution to the wind and buy from them. So potentially pushy salespeople or they're trying to create FOMO um, because they just want you to act and they're like, you know, basically stop wasting my time. Just, you know, put- Get on the ladder. Just get on the ladder. Just get on the ladder. Don't just get on the ladder. <laughs> Yes. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> Why is this bad advice? And the, the the reason it's bad advice is because it is an actual fact that not all properties are good to buy, right? We can yep. prove it. There's lots of data to prove this, but there's also lots and lots of anecdotal um, evidence to prove this. And the property could be wrong for you, or it could just be wrong because it's actually not a good investment. Yeah.
0: Those two aren't mutually exclusive, but often one can be right and the other one can be wrong. Therefore, the whole the whole picture the whole the whole thing in relation to your future isn't the right step on the ladder because getting the first property right even though it's something that you're looking at living in you still have to have your investor hat on you have to think because it's a huge amount of money Veronica you spend a long time saving that deposit and a mortgage is a massive commitment So it has to work for you. It has to work for you, not only from your livability, your lifestyle, your stage in life, where you're going to be in five, ten years. All of those things are part of the process, but it actually has to work for you for the next step as well. Because the first step on the ladder, if you get that bit wrong and you you, you sort of rush into it, you've made a commitment to something that might actually hold you back for your next step on the ladder.
1: So... I'm going to give a couple of examples later. I've got one particular case study which will really illustrate this but also some examples. But what can happen if you rush to get on the ladder is that you put unnecessary pressure on yourself and you make huge compromises, ones that you end up wishing that you hadn't made because sometimes waiting until you have a bigger deposit or until you get a pay rise will mean that you can actually buy a better property or a bigger one that you'll be able to live in longer.
0: Yeah, and we had we did a, an, an episode um, just recently in the last few weeks if you duck back and have a look at our discussion with Strawn Taylor from Helia, and, and LMI, Lenders Mortgage Insurance. Sometimes the, the, the way to make a, a purchase quicker isn't just about waiting for the deposit but maybe looking at all sorts of other opportunities that other people might be telling you not to consider in order to get into the market but to get into the right property, get that right first step on the ladder.
1: Yeah, because there's also the fallacy that all property goes up in value, and that's really what underpins that sort of advice to get on them. It doesn't matter what you buy, just get on the ladder. That underpin that is what's underpinning that. It, it basically the people think that everything goes up, and it all goes up at the same rate. Both of those things are wrong, right? Some areas experience no price growth for a very long time. For example. Perth between 2007 and 2017, a whole 10 years. So there would be absolutely no rush to get into the property market at any point within that 10 year time, right? And scarcity is another thing to consider because if you're buying a house that is in a suburb with lots of similar houses and lots of undeveloped land nearby, there could be years and years where prices don't go up. In fact, they could go backwards. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you, you got a story to tell about apartments in Brisbane, Megan. Well,
0: there's decades where Brisbane, an oversupply of units. There was so so many apartment complexes that were approved for development um, about oh, 10, 12 years ago that you could see that there was going to be this glut of supply. And as the developers actually started um, realising their, um, their sales, people were paying quite over the odds in terms of getting themselves what they thought was on the ladder. So they're very much uh, product two bedroom, two bathroom apartments in areas where those sorts of products weren't highly sought after and were already um, heavily supplied. And so there was this period of time between about 2017 and 2022 where there was an absolute oversupply of units in Brisbane. If you'd taken the advice, just get on the ladder and bought one of those apartments many of those experienced somewhere between a 15 and 20% decline in values if they were sold in the first five, 10 years after they originally bought off the plan or brand new. Now, that's a huge amount. That's your deposit taken up in a loss in a sale um, and the ability to then start again. And we've had some students that have done this who, who made some bad decisions on their first property, Recognize they made a bad decision and started over again you can start again. You get it wrong. You can start again. They've started again. They've said we're going to get it right this time. We're not just going to buy anything. We're actually going to buy something that is going to work hard for us.
1: It's yeah, and it's heartbreaking. I, you know, you, we all know. I mean, all of you know. You're listening. You're your first home buyers, or some of you aren't first home buyers, but you, some of you, all of you, are trying to get into the market, and you know how hard it is, right? So you do it, and then you find that you may as well not have. You're actually in a worse position because you did it, that's what we're saying to you. Yes, get on the ladder, but make sure what it is you buy is a good asset, a good property, right? So let's run through some examples, I guess, of how you could make a huge mistake. As I said, I've got a case study coming up for you. Um, So how could you make a huge mistake just by getting on the ladder? The first example is you could buy a tiny one bedroom apartment because it's all you can afford and then you meet someone and then you have a baby and then the cost to sell and buy again, eat up all the gains that you've made and potentially you can't actually do it. But potentially a deposit as well. Mm. Yeah, it, it
0: generally costs about um, 5% to get in and about 5% to get out. If you roughly work on those numbers, actually, it'll tell 8% you how much. to get out. Oh, there you go. Oh, what- so depending oh, hang on, on sorry. Vision.
1: It's 8% to get in in total costs and 3% to get out. <laughs> Forget what I just said. <laughs> it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah, roughly work on those numbers. 5% in. I um, know. Oh, see, I'm getting myself confused. 5% in, 3% out, which adds up to 8%, but that's assuming no price growth. Just block your ears for everything I just said. <laughs> Going back to about 5% in, 5% out, that'll give you a bit of a buffer. That'll do.
0: <laughs> now, the next big mistake is to buy a block of land miles away from your established network and job and waiting for years for it to be subdivided so you can start to build now in the meantime potentially build costs have gone up and yeah maybe you've got a job even further away that you have to sell up and buy that is a risky strategy it sounds like it is embedded in you know surety and land is the thing that appreciates and it's the building that depreciates and that's all very logical thinking but when you look at the supply and demand, and there's a huge amount of talk about supply and demand in the marketplace at the moment because the realisation is that when something is undersupplied, prices go up where the demand is still strong and when things are oversupplied like those units, those apartments in Brisbane that I talk about, when they're oversupplied and there wasn't the demand for them, the prices go down. So where you're looking at a block of land a long way away from um, established areas and and, and existing infrastructure and there's a lot more of that to be released, that supply will come on and it will affect the price of something that you've bought if the same thing is easily reproduced. Now, we talk about scarcity. Scarcity is in an established area where you can't easily reproduce it. Land in in greenfield areas where where, um, new subdivisions can be done, that's easily reproduced.
1: Yeah. And the thing too is that when you buy a block of land, off the plan, which is so funny because I'm not in that space in terms of my organization. No and when I first, well, yeah, when I first started researching this, I was like, how can you buy land off the plan? You know, but you can. And people do when they think that, oh, good, I'm on the ladder. I'm on the ladder. Oh, isn't that good? I'm on the ladder. But then you are at the total mercy of the developer starting to develop that when they're ready. And so. And the surrounding infrastructure when they're ready. Yep. Yeah. So, and all sorts of things can happen in, in the rest of the market. People can get, get left behind because they're stuck waiting, 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 waiting. And then, of course, we build costs and whatever. So, so that is just something where you, it, it's not really a foothold in the market. People think it is. They think that that's a, a low cost, you know, to a, a, the deposits. It's just, it's effectively a holding deposit, and you're signing a contract, um, you know, and they think I can save up the rest, you know, in, in the meantime um, and I can do it in stages and it sort of seems really attractive, um, particularly if there's any any grants on offer at the time around that support that, but but it can trap you and then your options to get on in a more meaningful way um, and all sorts of things can change in the intervening years. They They, you know, they can lead to great regrets, put it that way. Yeah, it's a long time sometimes to wait for these as well. Yeah, and in a similar way, the third uh, way in which it's not a good idea to to jump onto the ladder at any price is when you buy an off-the-plan apartment. Same deal that that there's a period of time between when you put your deposit and it's on the contract and then it could be a couple of years by the time it's finished and you could outgrow it even before it's finished, let alone if the market falls and it's worth less money than what you paid and then you have to borrow more money from your parents to settle. Uh, there's a lot, anything can happen in the intervening time. It can. And, and I think the other thing is, you know, you talk about you could
0: outgrow it, the price could fall, but you're also really restricted then. So, if you do come across something that is better, you are tied to that property and your borrowing capacity to purchase something else is restricted by what you haven't even bought yet. So, so the, the, the long-term impact on, on your ability to kind of move on is really restricted uh, and if that developer doesn't settle with you in the period and the contract allows that that you know for, for the developer to pull out whatever reason they didn't start their costs blew out they went bankrupt whatever if that contract doesn't go through and the and the prices have risen in the meantime then you, actually, you actually have nothing at the end and the prices have risen and you now have to start shopping in a market where prices are above where you could have purchased if you'd actually looked at an established, well-located, good quality property in the first place.
1: Yeah. And that's good opportunity cost. And it's it's particularly insidious, I think, because people don't think. They think that they're doing the right thing. They think that they're getting on the ladder. My and they Goodness, th- I got on the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> the relief and the the shock years down the track. Oh, we don't you have to look anymore. It. Yeah, we, we get the attraction, but it, there's, there's some dangers in, in here. Also, you know, th- these sort of principles in terms of why it can be bad advice doesn't just apply to tiny apartments and brand new homes, it can apply to established property as well. Basically, anything that is heavily compromised, anything that is dark that you can't fix or in a flood zone or on a main road or what are some other examples right of just on that you can't fix. Right on the commercial, directly across mm. from the school, yeah. Next to a service station. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't fix these things. Anything that cannot be fixed. And let me give you an example of, of somebody that I know that bought a property in Sydney in, in Alexandria, in fact, in uh, 2017. So the market was hot, right, and in fact... This person actually bought this property literally just after the peak of the market. they They were unaware at that point that the market had peaked. So in their mind, you know prices were still rampaging because often we don't see until things are in in the rear vision mirror. We don't know for a few months that things have peaked until they have peaked. So most buyers are unaware really what's underneath you know the moving the property market. So this person bought this property, she'd felt, She'd been renting in the building actually, and she felt really uncomfortable that she wasn't in the market. She'd previously been in the market and she wasn't a first home buyer, but the principle plays out here. So she paid $930,000 for this apartment. Now, when I met her and, and looked at this apartment, by that stage, over the back fence from this apartment, an entire high school had been built, a four story high school. And even though her apartment faced north, it Then had basically all of its natural light blocked by this apartment, this this uh, school building, and I was like, "Did you know that that was going to be built?" She said, "Oh, that wasn't there when I bought." And I said, "But did you know that it was going to be built?" "Oh, yeah." "Did you check the plans?" "No, never checked the plan." This stuff was publicly available. What we teach in the course is all the things that you should do to check to look at the surrounding areas. Yeah. Now this was a no-brainer in my view, and anyone who's done our course will know this is a no-brainer. But she, it didn't occur to her. So this gets built, no natural light, um, and also look to add insult to injury. The building, the property was on a main road, so the address was a main road address. Although her apartment was at the back, and it was it was quiet. So a lot of these buildings you see advertised to say. You know it's got this terrible address and people will go oh don't want to go there but the agent will always say at the rear whisper quiet blah 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 and that's sort of um you know it it did apply it was quiet but it had a school over the back fence that was four stories high and so when she decided to sell it she worked through sort of it was after after covid she sold it in the beginning of 2021 she realised by then that she'd made a mistake with this as a property, as an asset, and so she decided to sell it and went to auction. And there was only one buyer that showed up. And incidentally, when she bought it, she was the only buyer as well. And she did not had not read my book on. In fact, my book wasn't released at the time she bought it. Yeah, but she hadn't read my book, That's which one is of free for principles. everybody well she didn't go there and see who registered she didn't realize she was the only bidder it was only afterwards when she realized it was she was the only bidder um and you know they, they used a vendor bid and she didn't know what a vendor bid was and she bid against the vendor bid or oh, classic mistakes classic mistakes that our students will not make because you are no better and so so she paid 930 goes to auction there's only one other buyer there it's an investor and in, this investor was also foolish this investor believed that Alexandria is a great place to invest because this investor apparently works uh, on, on the metro. There's a new metro going there. and was convinced that because there was new infrastructure going, that this is a suburb that's going to take off. What that investor failed to look into was how many other units are about to be developed in the same suburb. So the investor is focusing on one aspect. But anyway, they, they paid $15,000 less than she paid. So she took a hit. Not just on the stamp duty and all the holding costs but also on the purchase price so she sold it for less money right now in the intervening time um you know obviously it hurts to sell a property to loss but i drove past that building only last week and i saw another signboard out there and i thought i wonder if there's been any sale since her one so that was a february 2021 i think it was and there had been one on the same floor same aspect same problem with the school over the back fence um, at the other end of the block. And it sold and it sold in August 2022. So, about 18 months later, in fact, absolutely 18 months later, the market had gone up a hell of a lot and then come down a bit. But in all things being equal, it probably should have sold around the same price, basically based on what the market had done. Right. However, it sold for $865,000. So it dropped another oh. $50,000. Oh, a supply of uncompromised properties, perhaps? That's it. It's just, that's the thing. It, people are competing and that property, that which hurts. is heavily compromised, is falling in value in a marketplace where some other properties are increasing in value and and other properties are staying the same it fell and so the important lesson there it just demonstrates that getting on the market at all costs is not always a good idea but also sometimes you know holding on to property waiting for it to come good is not always a good idea either yeah that's a hard one you know that's a topic for another another podcast (laughs) because it's really hard when you know
0: that things are going up around you it's really hard to say but I have to look really carefully at this, actually analyze it and say, is this doing as well as everything else around it? And sometimes, you know, taking
1: that that hard hit is better to be done sooner rather than later. And that's what she did do. So in t- the beginning of 2021, that's exactly what she did do. She'd realized she'd made a mistake and got out. And you could see that effectively that saved her $50,000. In doing so but but the very fact that she had to make that tough call was because she had that sort of attitude just get on the market doesn't matter what you buy but it's not true it does matter what you buy it does
0: on its own the advice to get on the, the ladder the property ladder quickly isn't completely wrong we're not saying it is but missing from that advice is that important caveat it is what you buy that is so important Just buying anything won't solve your problems long term if you buy a lemon. In this episode, we've only touched on a tiny part of the huge amount of things you need to know to become an educated first home buyer. There is so much more for you to do. You can learn all of the steps in the right order and avoid all of the mistakes that others have made in our 10 step online course for first home buyers.
1: If you'd like to learn more about the right process and avoid making rookie errors, become an educated home buyer head over to the website check out your first home buyer guide the course that we have created for you and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode and if you've liked what you've heard today please give us an iTunes review it helps other people find us and of course I know it's a bit cringy but we're going to ask for five stars thank you
0: thanks for joining us we hope you found this really useful and if you have Please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with more Priceless Stuff.